The Education Apple, Episode 21, recorded on September 18, 2013. Welcome to the Education Apple. This is the show that discusses Apple technology in the formal classroom as well as in the classroom of our daily lives. We've got technology all around us these days and we're having to deal with it um, in most every area of our lives. So that's what we discuss on this uh, podcast and we're glad you tuned in today. And um, uh, before we get started, I'll just tell you that we've got with us, uh, in addition to myself, Bill Brazil, um, is uh, Barrett Mossbacker. Barrett is the superintendent of Briarwood Christian School and also a publisher, the publisher of the Christian School Journal. So, Barrett, uh, good to have you with us tonight. You doing okay? Bill, I'm doing great. And again, as usual, it's great to be with you and uh, with our listeners tonight. Great. Well, we've... Um, had a pretty exciting week, I think, and uh, had some good announcements since the last time we got together uh, related to uh, Apple and the new iPhone products, as well as today, um, the uh, iOS 7 was released. So um, there are a number of uh, topics we're going to hit on surrounding uh, all of that, and uh, we might as well jump in because I think there's a, a good bit to discuss Um so the first thing uh, we can kick around a little bit is iOS 7. Uh, like I say, it was released, I think, pretty much uh, it became available or was supposed to come available at uh, noon uh, Central Time. I think it was 10 o'clock uh, Pacific Time where uh, Apple headquarters is. But, um, uh, Barrett, I think you have already noticed that uh, they've had some some server difficulties. Uh, it's not surprising. I guess everybody was excited uh, and jumped on it right away, and I think it had a, a bit of an impact on the uh, data servers, didn't it? Uh, it did. <clears throat> it took me a while to get uh, the new update on, installed on both of my devices, but with a little persistence, I don't think it took me more than oh, perhaps 30 to 45 minutes on each device to finally get connected correctly to the server and then go ahead and start the install and uh, download and install process. So my my experience, you know, was, um, you know, I ran into some difficulty, but it, it was relatively minor. Yeah. Yeah, I think there have been some uh, reports that um, uh, people were getting a lot of error messages, at, at least uh, initially. And, you know, I can't remember if uh, in the past – uh, Apple has has said exactly when it was going to be turned up. I mean, I think everybody knew this time that 10 o'clock was the witching hour, and that's when uh, uh, everybody went out there to jump on it that, that could. And um, that probably had a, a well, it definitely had a big impact um, as people began, uh, you know, to get their downloads. So, um, do you do you remember if in the past that's been as public of a of a time? Uh, maybe it has, but I just don't recall um, knowing exactly when it was going to be uh, turned up. Well, I don't remember specifically, but it always struck me from memory that it was around the noon time for me, yeah. and so that sounds very familiar. Um, 
So that, I'm not surprised by that. I think probably where they got the biggest hit this time was the fact that this is such a significant overhaul compared to a you know an important but more of an incremental update that we've had over the last several years. Yeah. Uh, that I think there was a lot more excitement about it, a lot more people very interested in making the major upgrade. Right. Yeah. Well, I did. Uh, I think you said you had uh, downloaded and gotten it got it installed on on your iPhone. Do you have more than one? Did you do it on? Um, uh, more than one device. I did. I, I installed it on my iPhone and then my iPad. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I installed it on um, two iPhones, and one of my iPhones is uh, just very basic. Uh, it, it's not uh, uh, tied to the phone network anymore, so it's just kind of an older iPhone that I had. But I do use it for um, different different things off network and. Um, that went very smooth, and there wasn't a whole lot to be backed up anyway. So um, it was a pretty pretty quick. I, I imagine it took about 10, 15 minutes maybe to get that uh, fully installed. Uh, and then on my iPhone 5, I um, installed it, and there's a whole lot more on it. But um, I have already experienced a couple of uh, problems, and um, I started looking around to see if anybody else had reported anything yet, but it's still pretty early, I guess. But um, the first problem that I have uh, found is that my keyboard, um, when I go in to type on it, there's about a, a five or ten second delay before the, the uh, letters show up. So <laughs> that's not that's not going to work. That's definitely a problem. Um, and I've noticed... It, it happens uh, for the regular keyboard, and if I'm in like the, uh, I've got a couple of applications that are just kind of calculator type applications, and the numbers work fine, but the letters do not. So if I switch back and forth between the uh, different key uh, uh, keypads, uh, between letters and numbers, uh, there's, a, there's a difference. So don't know what that's about, um, and I've wondered if it's a... Uh, an application conflict that's causing that. You know, uh, I'm checking here on mine. I hadn't noticed that, so I'm just going to open up. I opened up a a, a text editor, mm-hmm. uh, and I had no delay at yeah. all. Yeah. Uh, let me try the calculator. I don't know, Bill. Uh, no, I'm not having. Uh, I'm on a calculator right now. There, there's no delay on my keyboard at all. It's instantaneous. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, like I say, my my um, older iPhone 4 works fine. So there's something going on with um I'm just wondering if it's like I say an application conflict or or something that's uh Yeah, it that. might be somewhat unique to you. I this is an iPhone 5 as well and uh mm-hmm. I'm not having any particular difficulty. So uh, you may have something particular to your phone and yeah, in apps. Maybe. Now the other thing that I thought I was having a problem with and I'm just now trying it again. It seems like it's working fine was the um little control panel that uh, you get to now mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. by swiping up, yeah. swiping up from the bottom. That was not uh, working earlier either. So let me, I'm going to go back real quick and try. Maybe my keypad problem has fixed itself too. That'd be nice. Cause yeah, Bill, i I tell you what I did, and I don't know if this has any bearing on it or not, but uh, once I had completely updated the software, and I realized the phone reboots you know, itself, but once it was all finished and done, I turned it completely off and turned it back on 
uh, one final time before started using it. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with it or not, but I guess I'm trained from the old PC days, <laughs> the Windows yeah. days, when a clean reboot seemed to fix a lot of issues, so I, I'm almost programmed to do it. Right. No, well, I'm I'm an old uh, computer guy, too, so I, I definitely tried that as well, but unfortunately, it didn't have an impact, but... Um, it's real odd. It's almost like the the keyboard interrupt is just um, timed out because I'll type on it three or four or five letters, nothing shows up, and then um, uh, five, six, seven seconds later, they all all the letters That's show weird. up. That's weird. Are you having that on more than one or two apps? Or I mean, for Every, example, I, everywhere. I just, everywhere. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I just opened up Reminders app, tried something there. Mm-hmm. Uh, mine are just instant and fluid. Uh, yeah. That's surprising. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. have to figure that one out. Hopefully, some other people run into that too, and mm-hmm. I'll get some uh, hints online before too long. But um, well, Bill, I think you ought to tell your wife that there's a problem with your iPhone five, and then Friday you're gonna have to upgrade to a five S because the keyboard's not working. Yeah, well, that's a good <laughs> that's a good argument, but I really don't have to use that one because she's already uh, on board with that. Oh, so. okay, all right. <laughs> the problem is this one's going to uh, one of my daughters, so. Oh, okay. Um, you know, then I got to get it working for her. But um, in the meantime, and I'm still having problems. Every now and then, the the control panel will come up, but not every time. So that's a, a little odd as well. There's something so, going on with yours in particular. Mm-hmm, I guess I'm just gonna have to throw it away. <laughs> oh well. Um, everything else looks good though. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. You just can't type on just, it, right? Just can't type, so, but yeah, you know, okay. if you don't worry about that, we're good. Um, but I, uh, what do you think about the uh, just the overall appearance and and uh, the look of uh, the new iOS seven? You know, by and large, I like it. Uh, it's not that radical of a difference uh, in some ways. The icons look different, and obviously there's, there's parallax and some of those kinds of issues. I, I think the more radical change is in the functionality as much as anything. Uh, I say overall, I like it a lot. Uh, it's very simple to use. I like some of the new, the new, the new, uh, the aesthetics of like Messenger and things of that nature. There are a few of the of the applications that I use that. I think the new icons, and this is certainly a very minor issue, are de- don't look nearly as nice. Or in some, in one case in particular, I think it's just downright ugly. Uh, but that's clearly a first world problem. I mean, the functionality of the phone is phenomenal, and uh, the, with the new operating system. Uh, but there are some of the aesthetic features that I wouldn't say I'm I'm a big fan of. Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely going to uh, take a little bit of getting used to. I don't think it'll take long, but mm-hmm. um, one thing I've noticed is the um, with my other, uh, well, the, the previous version of iOS, um, I had a dark background, and when the new one installed, of course, it kept the same background, and um, I did not like how the uh, the groups. Um, the icon groups look because they were real gray over that background. The the group oh. background kind of picks up what your uh, main uh, phone background is, and so it was. They were kind of gray looking, and I didn't really like that look. So I thought, well, I'm going to get a lighter background, and um, that helps. But I'm still not loving how the uh, the group um, square looks um with with the background i think it's just going to take a little time Mm -hmm. to to get the right background and um i might even go with um, a different way to group 
my my icons and my applications because you know uh, one good thing or benefit of the new iOS 7 is that you can um, put a lot more uh, um, icons in a group. Uh, yes. Your group is able to to scroll across and you can have I don't know what the maximum number is but uh, it's a lot more than what you got today and um, I might have to play around with um, a little bit of a different. Uh, arrangement of all that but uh so does that does the group background um does it remain that grayish color or if you change your background to blue or something does does it pick up on that blue or not my mind's a pretty much a a light solid gray yeah it, it definitely picks up the background the main okay. background because um uh it's kind of a it's semi-transparent i guess you could say um but uh it doesn't it's kind of a solid color uh yeah you know it doesn't uh, show through very much but it definitely picks up uh either dark or light from the main uh, phone background there okay. so so we'll have to play around with that a little bit and um it's just going to be a bit of an adjustment but i think the the features that it offers are definitely uh, going to outweigh just the aesthetics and getting used to the aesthetics because um it's uh it's a big uh a big difference the little parallax feature, though, really is pretty slick. Um, of course, it doesn't doesn't do anything but give you a little bit of a, a wow factor. But I think that's just kind of a uh, uh, you know a sign of what's built in deep inside, um, and, and, and probably for, uh, reflective of things to come. Yeah, exactly. So um, another thing you notice um, on the uh on the screen is you you don't swipe to the right to get your uh search uh feature anymore you know you pull down kind of from the middle of the of the main screen so that's another little uh difference that you got to get used to but after you do that a time or two you learn that one um but anyway um you know overall i think uh once we get a few of these little bugs worked out and get used to it i think it's going to be a uh, you know, a really nice change, and uh, I've heard some people say it almost—it's it's almost like you got a new phone, you know, because you. <laughs> oh, uh, it does. Yeah, and I—I I will say one of the very pleasing things about this is they really did get rid of uh, some of the, um, for example, with the Notes app, you know, the legal pad look with the torn paper and things of that nature. And when I look at the Notes app, is so much cleaner mm-hmm. uh, and much more pleasing to the eye. So th- there are a lot of aesthetic features that are much. better. Better. Right, yeah. The um, uh, it's definitely a much cleaner interface, which that's pretty much how it was touted to begin with. So um, uh, that's not a big surprise. The the uh, typeface is a little bit hard to get used to as well because um, it's definitely thinner. And uh, depending on what the background is, that's one of the problems with a light background mm. is that the uh, the typeface of um, you know the the application names or the group names is is white, so that doesn't show up real well on a light background. Have you tried any of their uh, pre-installed backgrounds? I've got two sets of them. One's called dynamic, and one's called stills. No, I haven't. Uh, I, I have a um, a background application, wallpaper application that I played with a little bit and got a few from, but I haven't tried the. The built-in ones, but they probably are going to work better or just as good as anything else. So <laughs> I'll have to do that. Um, but yeah, so I'll have to play with that later. 
Okay. Um, any other thoughts? We'll have to spend some time later uh, once we dig into it and really um, get used to uh, these new features. And, of course, if we get our new iPhone S's, we'll have a lot more to talk about. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I tell my wife that I have to have it in order to do the podcast. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, Is I think it? so. <laughs> Absolutely. There you go. But, you know, you still got to use that, uh, you know, that chip where you can get um, all of your board members new, you know, new equipment. That that always is a good argument, isn't it? Yeah, you go. I'm sure they would be more than happy with me. So. Yeah, I think so. All right. Everybody except your uh, your CFO, right? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> but it, it just so happens, though, I really do have – I have one employee whose phone is dying. Uh, it's a 4 or 4S, and I've got another one that's got a 3S or 3G or whatever, and um, and it's just about to go out. So I actually have two that I need to replace anyway, so I have a very legitimate reason to repurpose my 5. So Sounds good to me. Yes. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on into uh, talking about the uh, new iPhone announcements that happened last week. Um, and, uh, of course, they, they uh, had their little dog and pony show there in uh, Cupertino. And uh, they announced, as was expected, uh, a new iPhone 5C and 5S. And uh, the announcement was pretty much um, limited to those two devices there were a few other things that were mentioned which we'll get into but um you know it was not uh a big as big of an event uh, as some of the previous ones have been and i think that was intentional cuz um i've already heard uh, a few rumblings about possibly another announcement in october um uh for some other equipment that uh uh, they may be working on or some other products that are in the pipeline. So I think this one they intentionally wanted to focus just on the iPhone and uh, what was coming out with uh, around that. And so that's uh, that's what we got. Um, and that other announcement is purely speculation at this point, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised that uh, there's another uh, event coming up on the heels of this one just because we've been – uh, looking for some other things here. Um, yeah, I've been hearing Christmas. Yeah, I've been hearing uh, October, I think, Bill, and I I've seen rumors, I think, about new iPads. Yeah, it definitely uh, would would figure to be something around an iPad, uh, if nothing. I mean, if if uh, not more. So um, we'll we'll probably see that happen mid October. Uh, at least that's what the rumor mill is saying. So uh, we'll see what happens with all that, but. Back to the iPhones, the new iPhones. The iPhone C uh, is the uh, the first one, and um, you know uh, I think what what Apple's trying to do there is is gain some market share with um, at certain parts of the market. Now I think there were a lot of people that were disappointed that it was um, not priced a little more aggressively, but um, you know I believe, and and we've talked about this a good bit, Barrett, is that you know, Apple isn't going to be willing to just um, really battle it out with the low-end uh, phones. That's not their strategy. That's not their philosophy. And, um, you know, I think this definitely indicates that, that they're not willing to go there. They don't want to, and they really want to focus on um, new customers, but customers that are still going to 
uh, appreciate the ecosystem and and be willing to spend some money in it because that's uh, you know it's more than just the iPhone. It's it's all about uh, data and applications and and spending more money uh, in the the iTunes store and that type of thing. So um, you know that's I think what we're seeing with the iPhone uh, 5C. Um, but it's still going to be a, a decent price for the the bottom. Uh, I guess the 16 gig iPhone 5C is going to be uh, $99 with a two-year contract. Um, the the non-contract or the unlocked phone or whatever they call it uh, is significantly more, and that's what a lot of people were um, disappointed in. I guess you could say it was five or six hundred dollars, something like that. Um, which apparently other other um, countries, you know, that's a big deal. But um, in this case, uh, you know, on contract, it's a, a $99 phone. So, um, you know, that's that's not a bad deal when you look at it that way. And uh, it's it's pretty much a, an iPhone 5. It's very similar to the functionality of an iPhone 5, but... Uh, it definitely looks a lot different, and uh, we figured that that was going to be the case. And I think, um, you know, based on the, the colors and the cases and uh, what they uh, rolled out, it's um, uh, definitely going for the, the younger generation, wouldn't you say, Barrett? That that would be my impression, but I will give you an interesting use case, and maybe I'm just odd this way, but my my wife has not yet had an iPhone uh, because she was on a different network, and I've been wanting to switch her over to AT&T and get her an iPhone so we're all part of the same ecosystem, but it was just a pretty expensive proposition and been kind of holding off. However, uh, with a 99 uh uh, iPhone, you know, the 5C on contract, um, that that is something I actually plan to do because she doesn't use very many of the features. She doesn't use very many apps. She basically makes phone calls at, and sends a few text messages on her phone. Um, and so to me, that would make a lot of sense. And there may be other people in that same situation where a $99 phone for someone in the family that, you know, not particularly tech savvy, don't use a lot of the features, but nonetheless get everyone in the same system makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. And, um, you know, the, the colors, I think, were an interesting choice. And uh, we commented on it the other day that um, – they they must have done a lot of uh, market research to come up with the colors. It wouldn't be it's not what I would have picked, <laughs> but um, the the colors along with the different color cases and uh, you know you can definitely customize just by mixing and matching the uh, the cases that have the little holes in them and different mm-hmm. colors and um, I think that's gonna um, gonna be very popular with a lot of people. So I think they are gonna. Uh, make some uh, make a dent in the the lower end uh, or part of the lower end market that they're not um, big players in today. So uh, we'll have to see how that uh, comes out. There was I did uh, think that the uh, the red phone and red case was kind of interesting. I really haven't looked into that um, before, and I don't know if uh, you had either, Barrett. But um, this product red merchandise that's uh, uh, there's a there's a, uh, a purpose behind that, and it's all around um, raising funds for um, AIDS programs in in Africa. And I didn't didn't really know this, but uh, there are more than 900 babies born with HIV every 
every uh, day, and um, a percentage of the profits from the sales of those uh, red uh, cases uh, and the red uh, phones go to that. And um, this product red organization has generated more than $190 million mm-hmm. uh, towards that. And uh, Apple has uh, contributed $50 million for that uh, global fund. So I just thought that was interesting. Like I say, I hadn't really looked at that or investigated that much in the past, but it just kind of caught my attention. So I thought I would um, see what it was about, and uh, that's pretty impressive um, that uh, they've been able to generate that much uh, money to, to go towards uh, um, that, and uh, that's certainly a, a, a valuable um, program, so uh, hopefully they're able to do a lot of good with that. that yeah, I hope money. so, too. I, I like it when I see companies do that, and in their case, I don't think, you know, I'm sure it's good corporate PR and, and things like that, but I think in this case it's genuine charity on their part, and they've come up with a creative way to do that. Yeah, absolutely, and oh. you know it's a good chunk of money, so I'm sure they're they're able to to do a lot of good with that. So anyway, I thought that was uh, interesting, and just throw that in as part of our discussion because um, it does have a lot of lot of value there. I think so. If you're thinking about it, and um, you know you don't really care what color you get, you might want to. Um, go with that red. It, it's also kind of close to the Alabama Crimson Tide red. Too, so. <laughs> yeah, but we're Auburn fans, Bill. Well, <laughs> I know, I know, <laughs> I know. All right. Um, anything else you noticed from the the five C Barrett that uh, was worth noting? I'd... No, it basically it's a five in color yeah. um, at a good price point. So right. plus plus you get iOS seven. Uh, baked in from the outset which i think is always preferable to have the uh the software i mean the operating system uh, pre-installed overall as opposed to an upgrade i think it just works better Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah i agree um and the only changes that i think uh that i heard him mention was the battery is probably slightly larger maybe about five percent larger um as all the other uh, electronics shrink down you know the battery takes up the biggest amount of space if we could ever get those uh that battery technology shrunk down like everything else man we could really somebody's really gonna make a lot of money there <laughs> but, yeah you know that seems to be that one of the hardest technologies to uh, improve at the same pace of most of the others yeah uh, i mean it's improving clearly but it does not appear to be appro- improving at the same pace right yeah exactly I'm sure there's a lot of people working feverishly on that because um, if they can come up with a, a solution to that, that's going to be huge. Um, but uh, and the only other thing was the uh, FaceTime camera. I think is a little bit improved. So those I think uh, that along with maybe the antenna, they've made some internal modifications just along with the uh, the housing, the case uh, that that the phone sits in. Um, that might improve the uh, the antenna uh, capabilities as well. So a few little improvements there, plus the the look drastically different. So um, it's a uh, you know it's a pretty big big change for for that particular phone. And the uh, the 5s now that one has really uh, made some some significant uh, leaps ahead. And um, the first one is the uh, new processor, the A7 64-bit processor, and um, you know some people are saying, well, that, you know, with the uh, 
the operating system and the applications won't really be able to um, take that much advantage of it yet. And and to an extent, that's true. Um, and so you could say, well, they're building headroom in for the future. Um, and that's definitely uh, an argument to be made. But um, there are uh, some some things, I think, in the area of uh, photography and, and video and uh, a couple of other areas that I think the improved speed of this processor definitely will come into play. Um, the uh, the Apple claims a, a 2x improvement over the, the current or the, the old A6 that's in the uh, current iPhone 5. Um, so two times the speed improvement, you know, sounds good, but everything isn't going to really be able to take advantage of that. Um, but the photo and the video and and the new uh, security feature, the f fingerprint recognition, uh, that that takes some speed to be able to deal with that, uh, process that quickly, so that it's not uh, something you have to wait on. Um, and then just other encryption. Uh, issues within the phone. So those uh, areas in and of themselves definitely will be able to take advantage of um, the improved uh, speed of that processor. Um, so so that's important. Um, and, and other people just think, you know, there's going to be more down the road that will take advantage of that. And I think uh, that definitely will be the case, but um, well, see, and, Bill, I think that's the situation. I think, you know, Apple, in order to stimulate the development of those new apps, needs to go ahead and get the hardware out there. So there's an incentive for them to take the time and the money uh, to to develop 64-bit apps. So I think I I tend to think of it as the headroom uh, is investing uh, in capitalizing for the future in the app development. I think those will come sooner rather than later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you got so many developers out there. Um, that Apple doesn't have any real control over. So um, go ahead and, and throw the hardware out there and let the, the software developers figure out uh, new and creative ways to take advantage of that. So um, that's exactly what I think we'll see as time time goes on. But, um, you know, Apple's the only one that's uh, got a 64-bit processor running in a, a phone, so they're definitely... Uh, leading the way there, and um, I think that's pretty impressive. It is. Along with the uh, the, the new processor is a coprocessor they're calling the M7, and that's really kind of interesting. I think that might have caught a few people by surprise, um, but it makes a whole lot of sense. I think the M may stand for motion. Um, at least that's what some people are uh are saying because it uh, its its primary purpose apparently is to collect and and keep all kinds of motion data. So you know you scratch your head a little bit and think, well, why do you need to do that? And it doesn't take long to figure out that um, that can come into play with uh, some of these other devices that we've uh, been speculating about: uh, the wearable um, computing, the um, uh, iWatch and some of these other devices that uh, figure out, um, you know, your your steps and your speed and um, all of that type of thing and, and keeps track of that. So the M7 is pretty much um, there to measure motion data from the uh, accelerometer and the gyroscope and the compass. And um, it's able to uh, gather a lot of uh, interesting data 
around that, and it really complements the the A7 because with uh, this coprocessor um, alongside of the main A7, uh, it takes the load off of the A7. So that also is going to help with with battery life, so they don't have to to um, hit the the main processor every time it's trying to gather. Um, uh, this motion type data so that's gonna gonna help out a whole lot too but um, you know if uh, if you're walking or running or driving or uh, even sleeping <coughs> the the m7 is gonna gonna know about that and it's going to be able to um, gather that kind of information so um, what what do you see that uh, helping with Barrett well, the thing that came to my mind, first and foremost, was the iWatch, uh, because with the recent hires that they have made with people specializing in, in health devices and software that measures that, uh, that I think they're setting the stage for something similar, uh, if not the iWatch. Hopefully it's the iWatch, but yeah. that, that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah, I agree, and if um, you know they're able to basically manage that uh that data uh, outside of, of a watch or some other type of small uh, wearable device that just uh, enables that um, that iWatch to be that much smaller and uh, last that much longer with battery and all that uh, that yeah. type of thing. So, um, but they did say you know that being able to tell uh, whether you're you're walking or driving has some uh, immediate implications in terms of uh, you know your navigation. You know while you're driving, it'll it'll show you the driving uh, directions on the road. And then uh, if you stop and get out and, and walk, then it can switch over and recognize that you're walking and start giving you the walking directions. That's just one example um, of how that can come into play. So a um, lot of interesting uh, implications on how how that technology will be able to be. Um, be utilized, um, and there really shouldn't be any concern over uh, privacy issues. Um, you know, I think the the M7 is is said to really only store uh, on your phone, you know, how you're moving and which direction, orientation, all that type of thing, but not location information. So people mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to um, to grab that and and. Uh, track you or stalk you or whatever. So, um, you know, I think Apple's keeping the the uh, security and privacy information. Uh, you know, understand that that's a big concern there. So they're going to take extra care with all that. So um, we will just uh, keep an eye on that because uh, I imagine that's going to come into play sooner rather than later uh, in terms of some new. New devices that uh, may may be brought to market here before too long. So, uh, well, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I, I know you are, and I think uh, you're you're kind of holding off on one of those uh, wearable devices, same as I am, uh, just to see what what Apple might come out with. Cause, yeah, uh, I, I hate to invest in one right now and then then regret it. You know that. Uh, so I, I'd rather wait. I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It, wouldn't hurt to wait a little bit longer anyway to see uh, see what might change here before too long. The camera is uh, one of those pieces of the phone that some people may actually be buying the phones for the camera now as opposed to the the actual phone. I don't know, but um, you know it's just so convenient to have uh, a good camera with you all the time and and built into your phone. And I think Apple 
realizes the uh, importance of that and how uh, that is just a key feature of the iPhone. So they keep making significant uh, improvements in the camera each uh, each new new phone that comes out, and uh, this one is no exception to that. Um, uh, they've already uh, recognized that uh, iPhones take more pictures than any other camera, at least uh, what's uploaded to the uh, internet and what can be uh, tracked easily. So, um, so they put a lot of uh, effort into um, continuing to make that camera good. So, uh, the the quality, the you know, a lot of people measure the the phones by the megapixels, and that's that is uh, one factor in uh, a good a good uh, camera but uh, it's not the only factor um, I believe the uh, the megapixels stayed the same eight megapixels from the uh, iPhone 5 to the 5s but they have um, changed uh, the, the size of the microns they've enlarged um, the uh, the surface area for the the photons to actually um, strike and, and be recognized and they've enlarged that area which will make an improvement in the uh, color and the noise uh, it's going to you know improve the color saturation and reduce reduce some of the graininess of um, the images and uh, there's a, a 33% increase in the overall light sensitivity so that will help um, with uh, I guess just the the overall um, uh, lighting of the pictures that are taken. The uh, lens aperture uh, has changed from a uh, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, the, this one has a f2.2 uh, and the old one um, was a 2.4 aperture. You may know better Barrett how that that plays in but I think it's really just um, better low light capabilities. Is that right? Well it is but it also uh in conjunction with that, it also, on a parallel basis, uh, affects the speed at which you can take those pictures. So uh, in the new burst mode and, and multi-shot uh, modes, uh, that's going to impact the, the sharpness of those photos because the, uh, the larger that aperture letting more light in, the faster the camera can take the shot. And that's going to increase sharpness, reduce the, the blurring a little bit, um, and particularly with the burst mode. So uh, that, that, that has uh, several ramifications to it. Yeah. The uh, autofocus uh, matrix metering, it has 15 focus zones, and I think that's uh, very common in a lot of the, the full-featured uh, DLSR cameras. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so that's going to um, just make the, the exposures and the autofocus, auto-exposure that much better. Um, <clears throat> they do have a new multi shot feature uh, and this is this is kind of interesting and a lot of people are uh, trying to figure out exactly how this works but I think uh, from what I understand is that every time you take a picture um, it will take actually take several uh, exposures and um, then pick out I think from different parts of each one of those pictures the the sharpest uh, area and will kind of merge those together um, that's that's kind of what I understand. I mean, some people were thinking that it's just going to look at if it takes three pictures real 
quickly in succession. It's going to take the best one of those three. But I've heard other people say that it actually will look at the pictures and figure out which area of each one of those pictures is the sharpest and will kind of merge those together, giving you the best overall picture that you could possibly get. And, and that all happens uh, instantaneously and automatically, so you don't really have to know what's going on. The end result is uh, basically that you get a, a better a better picture. Um, so uh, that's, that's pretty interesting. And again, that's one of those things that um, it's happening so quick that um, uh, you know the, the speed of the new processor is is definitely having an impact on that, making that uh, all come together um, without you really noticing it. You know, you know what, Bill. What strikes me about this is that uh, the the regular consumer uh, in his or her pocket now has what was equivalent to uh, kind of a low end consumer level S, uh, DSLR in their pocket. Yep. Um, and that that's pretty amazing, and with very little uh, knowledge required or training or anything else, um, and that's going to force, and probably already is forcing the major uh, digital camera makers to uh, reposition their market their market focus to medium and high end cameras because everyone can do what they need to do on their iPhone for the basic uh, picture taking. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking about this too the other day that. Um you know the smarts and the, the processing capability in the iPhone is is way more than uh, what the old uh, or what the uh, DSLR cameras have in them. You know, just as far as the, the processing capabilities. Now, obviously, those are a lot more um, uh, targeted and focused in terms of what they do. But uh, with the capabilities of this new 64-bit chip, um, you know, they can just do so much more. Uh, processing on the images and on the uh, actual uh, uh, photos that are, are being taken, that that really um, can can I guess way more compensate for the smaller lenses. Uh, mm-hmm. You know that's the big difference I guess between the uh, phone camera and and the um, uh, dedicated uh, DSLR cameras uh, is that you've got so much more. Uh, or better optics in the DSLRs, and that's not gonna—you're not gonna be able to to do a whole lot more um, with the phone camera just because of the size. But uh, you know they can can compensate so much more with the the processing capabilities right. that um, it really almost brings them together. Of course, the the main difference is is the um, the zoom capabilities and and what you can do there. Um, with the other cameras, the, the dedicated cameras, but you know we're we're making some pretty huge jumps. I, I really didn't expect to see these cameras do as well as they they are with the the small such a small lens, but they have figured out uh, a lot of ways around that. It seems there's, like there's a lot of engineering behind these uh, phone cameras. Yeah, it really it really is. Um, and along with that, they've uh, uh, another improvement to to help with the images is this dual LED flash, and um, there's uh, supposedly that's going to help to provide um, better and more accurate uh, lighting for uh, better color. I, I think they're calling it the tr- True Tone flash that has both a um, a white LED and an amber mm-hmm. LED, and uh, the camera or the the phone figures out uh, how to balance that. Um, uh, and and give you the best light. And I think 
Uh, it's it's going to come into play primarily with indoor uh, type pictures uh, in certain lighting there. But um, uh, you know, again, it's just such small a small flash that uh, you know the improvements they're still able to make with it are, are pretty impressive. So well, they are. It, it's essentially automatic white balance adjustment uh, for you. Whereas with the larger uh, cameras, it does have auto white balance, but you also tend to, if you really want to do it well, uh, you set that that uh, mode the way that it should be to match the type of lighting in a room, and this is compensating almost automatically. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. The, uh, they've got a, a new burst mode, which um, is, uh, I guess, somewhat standard on the, the dedicated cameras. Um, and this takes uh, 10, 10 frames per second, which, you know, it's not far from <laughs> video. Videos typically uh, 25 to 30 frames a second. So 10 frames a second is, uh, you know, close to that but um, Apple says that they can capture hundreds of images in a row without stopping so um, that uh, again is is uh, a function of, of this faster processor and being able to do that uh, and then they've got a, a slow-mo uh, feature to the video uh, part of the camera and that takes 120 frames per second so again um, you know that that shows off the uh, the processor speed plus the uh, light gathering capabilities of uh, the new new sensor in this phone. Um, so uh, again, very impressive and what they're doing with it. And um, they don't seem to to be running into many um, uh, roadblocks and making this a better camera. So uh, I'm I'm pretty excited about that. That's kind of one of the uh, things that I've enjoyed. Um, about having these these uh, phones with cameras, and it's just going to get better. So I'm looking forward to the new the new camera there. And uh, my my daughter also um, she's always a, a generation or two behind what I have, and she's al- always you know r- recognizing the uh, better pictures that I take. So <laughs> it, it definitely is noticeable. Well, rank has its privileges, Bill. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But uh, she'll be coming up. Uh, with a new one here pretty soon. Um, of course, a big uh, feature with this new phone is a, a security feature, and it's this Touch ID uh, capability, and that's uh, with the little uh, you know, the, the on button or the wake button, whatever you call it. Um, it's a, um, uh, the ability to read your fingerprint, uh, and that's what allows you into the phone now. So um, that's gotten a lot of attention, and again, it's one of the uh, leading-edge uh, features that I don't think there are many, if any, phones that have uh, this type of uh, capability built into them yet. So, um, you know, this uh, they, Apple bought this uh, little company called Authentic, um, and that's uh, who has provided the the capability here, this uh, biometrics capability um, to do the do the fingerprint reading and uh, some people say that I don't know if this was true but some people say that they were uh, this company was in talks with Samsung to provide the same functionality and uh, Apple kind of swooped in and uh, cut that off 
and uh, they were able to to come out uh, in the end with this technology. So uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but it makes for a good story. It does. (laughs) (laughs) One would like to think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, uh, Authentech is a big winner in this whole thing, especially if it uh, proves to to do the job as people say it does. So um, it's a uh, the little circle is real precise in terms of being able to to read your fingerprint. Uh, I think it's like a 500 pixel uh, reading per inch. And um, from what I've heard, it, it works really well. And uh, there shouldn't be any big uh, big issues with being able to um, to uh, use it to uh, secure your phone. So um, the other thing that people have been talking about is, well, does this mean now that um, you know when you get your phone stolen, you're also going to get uh, your thumb cut off to go along with it? Uh, and, and and there's a lot of people that, you know, are, are, are concerned about that, but they have said that, um, you know, one of the things this does is it, it can recognize whether it's a live finger or, or not. <laughs> that's so gross. I mean, that's just... <laughs> I know it, but people think about it. And, of course, that's what uh, the old James Bond movie. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's going to stymie the spies. I mean, mm-hmm. what's Bond going to do? That's so. right. But but the big thing is, you know, we've got to get the word out that uh, that it doesn't work because, you, you know, you'd hate to get your finger cut off if, if uh, you know, people think that it would work and it just doesn't happen that way anyway. So that would uh, be kind of a losing proposition there. But um, anyway, that's just to say um, we need to get the word out there that it doesn't work that way and you don't have to be worried about all that. So... Um, uh, what else uh, could we say about that technology? Um, you know, it's it's only available on the iPhone 5S right now, but within maybe 18 months or so, we could be seeing it show up um, in a number of other products: uh, the Apple TV, the Apple Remote, um, the Mac uh, laptop power button. Could see that. So. There's a lot of um, a lot of ways that this could be used and and utilized, and I think as Apple uh, creates their next generation of these devices, uh, we will most likely be seeing that show up uh, on these other other devices as well. So um, I'm sure that's in the works. And um, right now, uh, it's only going to be utilized for uh, unlocking the phone. And also, uh, you'll be able to uh, make iTunes purchases with it. So that's going to be um, uh, convenient. Hopefully, not too convenient because um, <laughs> just by don't touching need any the help, phone, do we? We, don't, we don't need any help. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know, there are some uh, pretty good uh, ramifications for third-party uh, applications as well, and how that this technology could be utilized there. Um, but they do say that, um, you know, a big concern, again, is, is security and the fingerprint data um, is something that you wouldn't want um, being spread around and other people getting uh, access to. So uh, Apple's saying right now that it's only stored on the phone and not even in iCloud. So um, you know, making an API available to other developers to access the technology um, will be a bit tricky. I think they'll they'll have to be real careful on how they do that, but I think it definitely could be done and uh, is something that um, we would we'll see down the road. But um, 
they're going to, I think, tread lightly and slowly on that front just to uh, make sure they get get this done the right way and um, keep it a, a real secure uh, technology. So um, I think that uh, that will be beneficial in a lot of ways. So it would be fun to, to be able to utilize that and not only just uh, watch the guys in the movie do it. So. <laughs> Yeah, so I I think it's a great feature. Yeah. Uh, now I happen to use a lot of password security on the phone, everything else, so I'm I'm pretty careful about all that. But most people are not, and so I think this is one way to address the security issue for people who just are not prone to take the time to set up passwords and things onto their phones. Yeah, exactly. And it's supposed to be really easy to set up. Um, it only takes uh, you know. Uh, a minute or so to to get your fingerprint recorded properly and um you know if they do it right uh, it could be an easy way people for people to uh set up their security and mm-hmm. and be really strong security so yeah that could be a a huge advancement over what we've we've got to deal with today so um and it'd be nice too uh, you know I get a lot of calls people uh trying to get into uh things that they've just forgotten their password and I pull pull my hair out just about every week trying to get the message across that I can't help them with that. That's something they've got to yep. <laughs> they've got to uh, be able to deal with and and remember and record somewhere. So um, that would reduce a lot of those kind of calls as well. Okay, um, we've talked a little bit about iOS seven um, uh, already. So moving moving on from the hardware. Uh, well, before we do that, I don't know if there was uh, anything else, uh, Barrett, that caught your attention on the hardware side of the uh, the new phone that you thought was uh, of value to, to mention? Anything there? No, other than the fact that I happen to like the new gold color for the 5S. I think that's what I'm going to go for. Do you? Yeah, well. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's 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 nice. I'm not sure. I think I'm definitely going to go with... Um, a white, and I don't know if uh, I'm going to do the gold or just the white. I generally and probably will continue to have a um, uh, extra battery case, which pretty much covers up the, the all the, of the color sides. So. You know, that's exactly it. I mean, I use a spec case on mine as well, and it's kind of a shame in a way because it really does hide the the aesthetics of the phone. But I've just had a few occasions, not many, when I've dropped it, and I've been very glad to have the case on it. Oh so. yeah, yeah. Most definitely, I think it's it's definitely worth it. But it does um, kind of hide, uh, in this case, uh, whether it's a a gold or a white phone. Um, but I'll give it a try and see if there's uh, any uh, differences once the case is on. I'll try to see if they'll let me um, put a case on both of both of them. But I I do I agree with you. I think I definitely want a uh, the white face on the new camera. I mean on the right. new phone. So. Yep. Um, okay, well, the, the iOS 7, um, the first thing that uh, kind of caught my attention uh, with some of the uh, uh, announcements of the software is that uh, Siri is now uh, official, I guess you could say. It's out of beta. Uh, they have dropped the references to beta. Now, they haven't made a, a big uh, announcement about that, but uh, a number of people have noticed from some of the uh, the information on the website and the web pages referencing um, Siri that that little beta tag is gone. So 
Um, hopefully that means some some real improvements in the uh, the functionality and um, you know that will uh, uh, make a statement about that feature going forward. Now I don't know about you, Barrett, but uh, I still have seems like initially Siri understood me um, almost you know 99 percent of the time, but I'd say that's dropped down to. 80% or so in the last um, six months. I don't know if it's, I'm I'm talking uh, less uh, um, well and, and it doesn't understand me or if it's something else, but um, I pretty much notice every time I try to interact with it, I've got to um, repair something, at least in the dictation part of of using Siri, do you have you noticed anything similar to that? You know, I have, but but not a trend. Uh, I really think, Bill, that when I encounter that difficulty, one, I have learned to slow down a little bit, uh, and I instead of using an abbreviation like app, I may say application. And those small things tend to help, but most of the time I've noticed is when, for whatever reason, maybe my cell connection just isn't as, as robust as I'd like or I don't have Wi-Fi, and I, I find that's when it's more problematic than any other time. Yeah, that could be, um, and I'm sure there's uh, some improvements I need to make as a user, but um, I'm hoping that um, you know now that it's out of beta, we'll, we'll be able to... Uh, interface with it um, a little more precisely. I mean, it's a great technology, especially um, you know when it works, uh, you know, 95 to 100 percent of the time without you having to make corrections. Um, so, um, well, I think it gets a bad rap. I think part of it is people don't experiment enough to learn how to really use it. Um, and it takes a little bit of training yourself to do it, but I have found it to be extremely uh, helpful in a lot of different ways. I've even experimented, like, what is tomorrow's weather, and just say, what happened? You know, I've just tried things. What happens if I say this? And I've been pleasantly surprised at the things it's able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's part of learning uh, the uh, the benefits of it is what all it can do, because you know we're probably really only scratching the surface. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, but Apple's not. On. I don't think Apple's doing a good job of uh, training, uh, explaining what it will do. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I think they could do more along those lines. Um, but there are some some books available and some uh, uh, training references that that you know if we want to spend a little time with it, we can uh, pick up uh, a lot of hints and tricks with it. So it's just a matter of uh, taking the time to do that. Yeah. But, um, so, the uh, iBeacons, um, this I think has caught a number of people by surprise, and if you haven't heard about it, iBeacons is um, kind of what Apple is uh, moving towards as opposed to uh, this NFC, which uh, the near field communication and being able to um, utilize your phones to um uh, pick up information in stores and uh, areas that you are that uh, the the uh, the store owners want to communicate information to you, such as if there's uh, store uh, promotions, certain sales, things that you're interested in that it knows uh, about. Um, this near field communication has kind of been what's been touted to address that for the last uh, year or two, and I think. Uh, um, Google is on board with that technology and has really been pushing it 
but Apple is taking a uh, different approach, and uh, this iBeacon is their um, their path towards uh, this same type of uh, information. And they really hadn't said a whole lot about it, but it was uh, people recognized it at uh, WWDC in June. Apple did make a reference or two to this technology. They didn't really say anything about it, but um, there was a reference on a, on a slide that was shown in the keynote. And um, I guess they, they uh, don't want to make a big splash about it until it's maybe got a little bit, mom, a little bit more momentum behind it. But um, it could have a big impact on this uh, NFC um, technology because um, the iBeacons works with uh, Bluetooth, which is built into just about every every phone, every smartphone now, whereas the near-field communication uh, technology takes a special chip that um, is not in the iPhone. And, and a lot of people have been expecting it and waiting for it to show up in the iPhone, and it just never has. And I think this is the reason, is uh, Apple wants to um, divert and take a different path um, from uh, the NFC and Google, which is not surprising. Um, so, so this is their uh, their approach, and uh, it's got a lot of uh, benefits. I think, it, like I said, it uses Bluetooth, um, which most every phone has built in it now, um, and it's a uh, 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 the the low energy Bluetooth. There's a number of different uh, protocols that utilize Bluetooth, but this technology is is low energy, so it helps save on uh again on the the battery life issues um and it's also referred to as bluetooth uh i think it's 4.0 or something like that and then uh bluetooth smart is another way that it's uh, uh referred to but um i think a big selling point of it is that it could be significantly less expensive to uh roll out and uh utilize than the, the near-field communication uh, type of approach. So have you, um, have you spent much time looking over this, Barrett, or what, what are your impressions? I haven't a lot. I have read some stories on it. I've got mixed feelings. I, I guess there's an advantage if they use iBeacons. For example, I walk up to a store near the store, and the store is able to send to my phone, you know, we got a sale today, 20% off on XYZ. So I, I can certainly see some value in that. On the other hand, I'm not sure how much more I want to be targeted all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it, it's a it's it's a little bit of a mixed bag for me. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and and I'm sure it's the type of thing where you you'll be able to turn it on or off. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's something that we're going to have to deal with, whether it's it's uh, iBeacons or uh, NFC because that's what the um, you know marketers are are moving towards. So they want to get as much product in front of us as they can, and this is uh, utilizing the technology to to be able to do that and and to be able to uh, communicate you know the the latest and greatest sales and and that type of thing that um, they're they're going to be offering. So. Um, you know, I agree. I don't, I don't want to just open up all kinds of additional communication because you kind of think, well, if this is going to be going on all over a store, 
uh, what's that going to do to everybody? They're going to be <laughs> looking at their phones and trying to figure out what's the uh, where to buy the uh, the sale items and all that type of thing. It, it, so, it's already bad enough now with people on their systems. Yeah, so. exactly. Just talking on their phone, and yeah. now they're going to be no. looking over all kinds of details. But um, you know, as with all of this technology, they've got to uh, do it properly, or it's not going to going to work at all. Um, it's going to cause more trouble than it's worth but um i just thought it was uh interesting that that apple is is t- definitely taking a different approach than uh what most people have been um uh, looking at uh at least with this near field communication stuff so um you know once again they are um not rushing it to to market and they're taking their time uh with the technology and trying to figure out uh, a way to do it do it properly so you know bill there's uh there were two features that one of which they had said nothing about or i've not noticed anything really and one that uh, has not been said enough about in my opinion the one that uh i mean the yeah it was not said enough about the one that i'm surprised that i've not heard anything in terms of apple doing any updating or making an issue of it is um is the uh the passbook app yeah. Uh, when that first came out, there was a lot of talk about that, and I thought it had a lot of potential, but it's kind of fizzling for lack of attention, it well, seems to me. Yeah, and you know, I think part of that, again, that's one of those education things. How do you use it? And I I tried several times to um, use it for movie pass purchases and that type of thing, and I never could figure out how to make it work. And I think some of the other... Um, companies that were supposedly uh, working in conjunction with the passbook and, you know, that you could uh, purchase through that and, and have it work for you weren't weren't holding up their end of the bargain, and I couldn't get it to work. I don't know if you ever had any success. I've had some success, but it's limited. Uh, for example, uh, my Starbucks one works perfectly. If I get anywhere near the Starbucks, it pops up with you know with my card and how much money I've still got on my card and things, and yeah. it works fine. So I've had several that work. The problem is it's complicated, relatively speaking, for most people to get the Passbook uh, app uh, connected. Uh, with mm-hmm. the different vendors, it just doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know whether they're just not paying attention, or maybe they're holding off to do more with iBeacon before they really move forward. But uh, anyway, it's just one of those things where they they announce it, a big deal's made out of it, people get excited, and then it just sort of dies. Yeah. Well, and I think you're right. Part of part of the problem has been with the vendors that they've been trying mm-hmm. to interface it with, and um, and that's what I experienced. It, it was supposed to work with a certain um, you know, movie company, and you go to try yeah. to figure out how how it's supposed to work, and you never could sync them up. So no, it's um, real hard to do. Yeah, but but I tell you, the the other feature though that they have added to iOS seven, which I think is phenomenal, is call block. Uh, where now you can go in, and if you get spam calls, and I've been getting a few more of those on my phone re- in the last six months, uh, I had come up with a workaround, which I created a silent ringtone, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing, and yeah. put it into that contact. At least I'd never know it, but it still required that intervention, and I would still notice if I went to recents that they had called. Uh, that still may be the case, but if I can put these numbers in my, my call block, uh, that's great. I really appreciate that feature. I don't know if there's a limit to the number of, of uh, phone numbers you can put in there. I've not seen anything on it, but I think that's a great feature. I think people will, will come to really appreciate it. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's uh, that is definitely a beneficial feature. So um, I think once people understand how that works, that'll be a big, a big selling point for them. So um, yeah. Now one other item that um, I think is is has a lot of significance to it um, is that they announced the iWork for iOS is going to be. Uh, free to um, new purchasers, uh, new device purchasers. Uh, so if you buy a new phone or buy a new uh, iPad, uh, the iWork suite is going to be included uh, free of charge with that. I think that has some uh, ramifications to, to you and your iPad program, doesn't it, Barrett? Well, it does. Uh, I think that's very significant, particularly as we move forward with the new devices. Yeah. Uh, so we won't ever, you know, we won't have to purchase those any longer. Uh, and of course, the fact that it works um, uh, on the cloud through iCloud now uh, gives additional flexibility. It's not quite as feature rich, but frankly, it's very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think there's a lot of advantage to it. If I have a disappointment right now uh, with that announcement, is that they gave no indication that they've updated the actual office applications themselves such as pages numbers keynote and right. even on the website they're still listed as you know pages 09 yeah. uh, and given what they've done with iCloud given the fact that they're making it free uh, I'm a bit surprised that they haven't done some updating and it makes me a little nervous that if they're going to provide it for free how much they're going to invest in keeping it updated well so, yeah you know? yeah I I think um yeah their their effort to get the uh the uh, I work in the cloud going, you know, was was definitely a shot at uh, what the Office 365, uh, and and they wanted to uh, compete on that front with uh, Microsoft. And I think, you know, I still feel like they definitely want to to make some some updates and some changes to it. And I don't know if they want to make it a whole lot more feature. Rich, because I think one of uh, uh, Apple's uh, concerns and, and one of uh, Microsoft Office's issues is that it's so complicated, and you know there are definitely a lot of of features built into Microsoft Office, but how many are really utilized by uh, eighty to ninety percent of the people? You know, not not a whole lot. Um, Oh, I, I agree with that. I, I've not had a need to use Office now for a long time, yeah. um, and so I, I, w- I would concur. But I do think when you're talking uh, uh, in the 09 uh, and given everything else that they've been updating, I'm a bit surprised that they aren't making some integrated feature adjustments where it's integrating more tightly uh, into the platforms in different ways. So, right, yeah. Well, and, and I, I think we will see that. I think they've just been um, uh, you know, really kind of – taking some shots at uh, Microsoft Office and trying to get a leg up there. And I think this definitely uh, is is another uh, nail uh, in the coffin, if, if you want to call it that, um, you know, at Microsoft Office because uh, I think it, Mo- Microsoft's mobile Office product right now on iOS is $100 a year. Mm-hmm. So um, when you look at that in comparison with a, a free Free mm-hmm. iWork product, um, you know that's a <laughs> that's not, a no brainer right is there. It? Yeah, not too not too hard. Nope, not at all. So, um, you know exactly how it impacts uh, Microsoft Office in the long run. It's hard to say, but I think uh, 
Microsoft's definitely got to have to take notice of of this. And as we mentioned in the past, Office is one of their big uh, money makers. It's a cash cow for for them. So uh, this this could take a bite out of uh, Microsoft. I think Microsoft's going to have to make a lot of changes here in the near future anyway. And um, you know this is uh, potentially one of them. So, um, but I thought you uh, probably would have. Uh, liked that announcement because that definitely has an impact on you guys and your bottom yes. line with uh, with the cost of your iPad program. It so does. That's, that's a good thing. Now they didn't uh, include GarageBand um, with with that suite, which I guess it's a little bit surprising on one hand, but then when you really compare it with uh, Microsoft Office, they don't have you know anything similar to that in their suite. So. Again, I think it's a real comparison thing. Um, in, yeah, in I think, Bill, two. I noticed this iWorks, but not iLife. And isn't GarageBand a part of iLife, technically? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It's it's pretty much the business side of mm-hmm. of, uh, of their offering there. So, okay. Um, well, that uh, covers a lot of the highlights. There's still a lot there that uh, is new, and we're going to be – uh, looking at over the course of the next few weeks and and learning uh, about it's kind of like a little finding a little treasure box of uh, all kinds of new things. So we'll be sorting through all that and probably reporting back on um, on what we find uh, here in the next few weeks and especially with the new hardware, getting our hands on that. So since both of us will be uh, uh, utilizing a new iPhone S before 5s before too long we ought to be able to have some uh things to compare there as well yeah that should be fun and bill have you uh checked out uh, the uh, iradio yet uh i i did turn it on uh i played a couple songs i didn't have a lot of time to <laughs> evaluate it yeah, but that's where uh, i've been i haven't uh, i'm looking forward to trying it but haven't yeah. gotten there yet so. itunes definitely yeah. uh put that on the front and center though letting yes. uh letting you know that that's uh Right there, available. That's the the first thing that shows up. I think once you get the uh, the new uh, new version of iTunes installed. So we'll play around with that as well. Um, so uh, I guess the the next thing is we gotta uh, hope we can really get a hold of uh, one of the new iPhones before uh, having to wait too long. It'd be some people are concerned. I think that um, the supply. Uh, is is lower than has been in the past and uh i'm not sure i guess the fact that um you know they've released the the iphone uh, 5c in a number of new countries on day one uh has an impact on that um so um i've I've got a a a little secret plan that worked well for me last time and i'm hoping it's going to (laughs) work similar this time around but i'm going to stalk you i'm going to stay at your house and follow you around well that's okay (laughs) i'll let i'll let you in on it i just don't want to let everybody else in on it. yeah there you go but you know actually i I, i'm I'm mixed a little bit i'll probably get it sooner rather than later but one part of me wants to hold off a little bit and give it about a month, you know, three weeks, mm-hmm. see if anything kind of pops up there that is unexpected on the hardware side. Yeah, um, you know, that's that's usually a good uh, plan. It seems like anymore they, uh, you know, have, have uh, tested these things out so thoroughly that uh, you don't have to worry too much about that. Although, uh, with my experience with the uh, iOS 7, today you know that doesn't always prove out to be the case so 
uh, you can always run into glitches and um, yeah that's uh, that's one approach for sure so um, uh, you, you try that one and I'll be on the bleeding <laughs> edge and we'll compare our stories after that yeah okay. I'll be jealous I won't be able to hold <laughs> off so yeah all right well, uh, I think with that, we will um, kind of wrap it up for uh, this show. And um, as always, don't uh, don't forget to follow us on the Internet. And uh, we'd love to get some comments from you and uh, hear from you and uh, see what you think about our show. And uh, you can find me at uh, on Twitter at Bill Brazil. That's B-I-L-L-B-R-A-Z-E-A-L. And uh, on the web at uh, billbrazil.com so uh, that's where you can find this podcast and uh, other information about uh, me and barrett what about you where can we find you you can find me on twitter at b mossbacker with one s b m o s b a c k e r and listeners may want to check out my blog christianschooljournal.com all right well we will close it down uh, with that and as always thanks for listening in and be sure to tell your friends uh, to listen in as well and be watching for our next episode, which we plan to put together here in uh, several weeks before, not, uh, before too long. So uh, until then, so long for now, and we'll talk to you next time.